Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey guys, if you want some more Scary Mysteries videos, then check out our new Patreon page. For just five bucks a month, you can get a new video from us that's only available through Patreon. Some of the topics we'll cover over there will be a bit more hardcore than what YouTube will let us get away with, so definitely check that out in the link in the description below. Those videos will come out every Thursday at 3 p.m., so head on over there and support us if you like what we're doing. Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, March 2021 Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month is a compilation of the weird, disturbing, and downright baffling stories currently happening in our world. From UFOs to serial killers, ancient sites, mysterious creatures, and even ghosts, these are the Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month for March 2021. Number 5. CIA Gateway on TikTok In February of 2021, the social media world was struck with a bewildering CIA report that may forever change how we think about the human brain. Through the efforts of inquisitive people from TikTok, a slew of information that has been around for decades has finally come into the limelight. This report details the recently declassified MIND study entitled Analysis and Assessment of the Gateway Process, penned by U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Wayne M. McDonnell back in 1983. Borrowing the author's words, the Gateway Experience is a training system designed to bring enhanced strength, focus, and coherence to the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output between left and right hemispheres so as to alter consciousness, moving it outside the physical sphere so as to ultimately escape even the restrictions of time and space. To put it simply, the gateway experience allows humans to transcend space and time. In a series of short video clips, TikTok user Abigail Carey unveiled the history, concept, and process of Donald's gateway experience. It was discovered that in the 1980s, U.S. intelligence agencies, particularly the CIA, were interested in various forms of psychic research and how they could be applied in their line of work. The U.S. government was looking for other viable means to spy on the enemy, at the time the Soviet Union during the Cold War. 
It was rumored that the Russians had also been looking into this use of psychokinesis and extrasensory perception for espionage. Interestingly, this study has been available to the public since 2003, but due to its complicated nature, it was mainly disregarded until this year. Kerry explained that at the heart of this project was the audio technique called hemisync, which is short for hemispheric synchronization. Robert Monroe, a former radio broadcasting executive, began studying the effects of sound on human consciousness, and this spurred his creation of the hemisync in 1975. McDonald used Monroe's sound tapes to manipulate brainwaves. The goal was to create an altered state of consciousness in which a subject becomes capable of interacting with non-physical aspects of reality. One of its practical uses as pointed out by the author, includes being able to telepathically communicate with other human beings. This can be achieved when two or more people reach the same level of brainwave frequency and energy level ushered in by listening to the special sound. McDonnell further said that the ultimate thing a person can do with the gateway experience is to remove himself from his body. In this metaphysical state, He now has the ability to travel not only in place, but also through time itself. Number 4. Reign of Terror Murders From critically acclaimed movies like Taxi Driver, The Irishman, Raging Bull, and Goodfellas, famed director Martin Scorsese is once again poised to release another film expected to earn numerous nominations and awards. With a working title called Killers of the Flower Moon, this film is based on David Grant's best-selling non-fiction book of the same name, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders, and the Birth of the FBI. In this book, the legendary American journalist investigates the series of murders committed against the Osage people. The Osage is a Native American tribe of the Great Plains, particularly in what is now Osage County, Oklahoma. It was between the years of 1921 and 1926 that the infamous Indian murders occurred. Coined by the press as the Reign of Terror, the murders appeared to have been committed by interested parties whose intent was to take over the great wealth of the Osage, oil. Unknown to them, The Osage Native Americans were sitting on a large swath of land rich in oil deposits. The government secured their rights to the profits made from oil production as they prepared to receive the wealth to which they were legally entitled. Interested parties began to muddle the process. This hindered them from getting their royalty money. Legal battles soon ensued between tribe advocates and profit mongers and the latter then decided to eliminate their problem. It began on May 27, 1921, when local hunters discovered the decomposing body of a 36-year-old woman in a remote ravine. It was initially ruled as a death by alcohol poisoning. Her case was shelled, and then came the confession of a petty criminal who admitted killing the woman for a man named William Hale. Hale was a prominent local cattleman who was later found to have vested interests in the oil profits. 
This was but the first of at least 15 more deaths of full-blooded Osage men and women. Investigators, however, surmise that the real kill count related to the contested oil profits may have reached 60. Worse, their lands have been inherited or deeded to their supposed guardians, who were white lawyers and businessmen. Consequently, Osage tribal elders opted to ask for the federal government's intervention. In response, the Bureau of Investigation took over the matter from local and state officials who were then rumored to have fallen into the profiteers' pockets. The agency, which would later become known as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, uncovered contract killings targeting the Osage people for their wealth and land rights. A task force was made to capture the mastermind behind the murder plots. Towards the end of 1926, the BOI finally arrested Hale and his nephews and charged them for the murder of 20 Osage individuals. After numerous court proceedings, Hale and his cohorts were found guilty of the charges and they were sentenced to life in prison. Number 3. 1980 Cold Case The most awaited conclusion has finally come in a cold case that long captured the public's attention and it involved the tragic murder and assault of a young girl who disappeared more than 40 years ago. The story begins with the shocking discovery of Rhonda Blaylock's body on August 29, 1980 on a private road in Surrey County, North Carolina. Authorities confirmed that the 14-year-old had been abused and had died from multiple stab wounds. Three days prior, on August 26th, Rhonda's parents filed a missing persons report at the Surrey County Sheriff's Office when their daughter failed to return home. An investigation that followed indicated that the girl and her friend were last seen getting into a blue Chevy pickup outside a bowling alley in Rural Hall. Witnesses told police that the driver of the vehicle identified himself as Jimmy and that his friends called him Butch. He stood around six feet tall, weighed more than 160 pounds, and had straight brownish hair. The stranger dropped the other teenager at her house unharmed and left with Rhonda still sitting in the passenger seat. Rhonda was never seen again alive. The next time she was seen... The girl was partially clothed, and her lifeless body showed signs of assault. A hefty amount was offered for any information leading to the killer as the investigation went on, but days turned into weeks, and then months, and then years. With no leads, the case was eventually put on the back burner. In 2015, almost four decades after the trial went cold, a task force was made to take another jab at the unbreakable case. Headed by a former sheriff, the multi-agency called Rhonda Blaylock Homicide Task Force was formed. It was composed of volunteer individuals from different entities including the Surrey County Sheriff's Office, Stokes County Sheriff's Office, and the State Crime Lab. Years after the renewed investigation took place, new information surfaced leading to an arrest. In December of 2020, a man named Robert James Atkins, who was 64 years old with no prior felony convictions, was charged with Rhonda's rape and murder. The resident, 
from Dobson, North Carolina, pleaded guilty and was sentenced by the Surrey Superior Court to 20 to 25 years in prison for each of the charges. Interestingly, the convicted was actually one of those questioned during the previous investigation. Although he was not charged at that time, new evidence and modern forensic results all pointed to him as the murderer of the young girl. Number 2. Release of America's Oldest Juvenile Joe Lagon practically spent most of his life in prison. He was just 15 years old when he was locked up back in 1953. In February of 2021, Lagon finally walked out of Pennsylvania's State Correctional Institution, but he is now 83 years old. He served nearly seven decades in jail and is now thought to be the oldest and longest-serving juvenile lifer in the United States. His jail saga began exactly 68 years ago when he and four other teenagers were arrested for first-degree murder, assault, and other related charges on February 20, 1953. Earlier that day, Lagone and his companions, who were also minors, bought a bottle of wine. Drunk and wild, they then went on a two-hour killing rampage that left two of their eight random victims, Charles Pitts and Jackson Ham, dead. Philadelphia police officials referred to the boys as alleged members of an infamous gang called the Headhunters. Two of the accused went to trial, but the other four, Legion included, were advised to take the guilty plea in June of that year. Lagone's co-defendants pointed to him as the person who stabbed all eight individuals. He admitted to taking part in the killing spree that night, but said he himself hadn't killed anyone. However, in December, the court sentenced him to two mandatory terms of life in prison without parole. Just as he was about to accept the fact that he'd be spending all of his life behind bars, in 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court cited the mandatory life imprisonment of juveniles unconstitutional. Pennsylvania courts refused to recognize the decision at first, but four years later, a second court ruling was issued forcing the state to have Lagone and more than 500 other juvenile lifers like him resentenced. What followed was an arduous legal battle, in 2017, a judge resentenced him to 35 years with a chance of parole. Despite his eligibility to apply for parole, Lagone opted not to, much to the confusion of his legal advisor and his fellow inmates. In an interview, though, he explained that a paroled person is never entirely a free person. I like to be free, he told the newspaper. Years followed, and yet another slew of legal proceedings took place. Finally, in November of 2020, the federal court that took over his case ultimately granted the man absolute freedom. He officially got out the next year and was enrolled in the Philadelphia-based Youth Sentencing and Reentry Project, an organization that helps former inmates get back on their feet outside of prison. Number 1. Arrest of Indian Serial Killer, Mena Ramallah if America has Ted Bundy and Samuel Little, 
India might now have a criminal who can rival the exploits of these two notorious women-targeting serial killers. In January of 2021, authorities from Hyderabad arrested a man named Mena Ramala. The stonecutter from Borabanda was nabbed for allegedly killing Kavala Venkatama and burning her face beyond recognition. After almost a month of investigation, a task force eventually captured the perpetrator who was actually a repeat offender. Police records indicated that Ramla was previously arrested for a total of 21 case charges, 18 of which were murder cases. The victims, who were all women, came from various areas in the state. His M.O. to Laura's victims was obvious, but it worked. What he would usually do was to target single women from toddy compounds or wine shops, offer them palm liquor, drink with them, and then bring them to remote places. There he would assault and eventually kill them before setting them on fire. His purpose was for the police to find it hard to identify the victims, and he would then take whatever valuables the women had with him. The 45-year-old began his crime spree more than two decades ago. He was 21 when he got married to a woman who eloped with her secret lover. It was the breaking point for Ramala. At a loss and heartbroken, he then began exacting his revenge on a number of women who were mostly in their 30s. His first arrest came in 2009. A local court sentenced him to life in prison on February of 2011. Months after his incarceration, he was admitted to a mental hospital and in December of that same year, he and five others escaped from the facility. After escaping, he went on to commit more murders of the same nature. Two years later, police got hold of him once more, and he got back in jail in 2013, but was later released in 2018 following a petition filed in a higher court. Once outside, he committed yet another pair of murders, once again, he was arrested and put behind bars. In July of 2020, he got out on bail, and as per usual, he killed at least two women, one of whom was Venkatama. I suffered a lot because of what my wife did to me. I killed these women to see that others don't suffer like me. These were the chilling words that Ramla gave in his most recent press interview. He is now being detained waiting for trial, and hopefully this time, he'll stay behind bars. So there were the strange and scary mysteries of the month from March 2021. Every day we encounter strange and baffling stories that most of us don't know what to make of. These are just a handful, but there's still so many more to uncover. If you like this video, then please subscribe to our channel and check out our Patreon page, where you can get a new exclusive video every single week. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you soon. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.